Welcome to Podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Hello. Welcome to a Timless episode of Podcast 2187. He still got us started because we didn't know how to do this. But hello. Uh, I, I'm, letting, I'm, Jared, I'm letting you replacing Tim. Yeah, I'm Jared replacing Tim. I'm here with uh, Mark. Yo. Hello, Mark. I'm done monologuing. It was a brief one. Tim has been replaced by Tim. Yeah. Tim two. <laughs> Tim point oh or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> He's a uh, yeah. Tim dot uh, dot Tim uh, or something. I don't know. But yeah, he's a. Uh, He's busy with other stuff. He's got a robot family, and they take robot precedence, and that's fine with me. That makes sense. They're taking robot baths, hot oil baths. You got, we know that from Star Wars, but it's refreshing yep. uh, and and relaxing for your favorite quote unquote <laughs> Star Wars character C three PO. Oh God, I know you. <laughs> uh, so, what do we got on Mark's resistance corner for this week? Uh, well, you know, hold on. Before we get to Resistance Corner, uh, I actually wouldn't mind them doing sort of a, a new version of droids. Honestly, I'm cool with it. I, I mean, you, we've talked a lot before. I've mentioned it many times. It's one of my favorite things, along with time travel. Uh, robots or any kind of artificial beings are like my bread and butter. So that sounds awesome to me. Now, though, do you think it should be uh, like R2-D2, C-3PO, and BB-8? Or it should be like... BB-8 by himself now, or it should stick with R2-D2 and C-3PO. It'd be BB-8, cool if it was BB-8 a passing of a torch. That's true, and he doesn't have anyone to talk to on his own. You need a human or something to replace 3PO. I, that's why I think maybe you maybe you could introduce other droids on the show, and you could use them in supporting roles, like as less of like the leads than they used to be, more like the parents or whatever in a, in a show, and BB-8's the lead. I don't know. But yeah, I think that could no, be... No. Well, not like where they well, not, not a direct analog, but just in, in no, terms of the I mean, level I, I, of focus. They, they should never know. be like parental figures. Well, I just meant as far as level of focus, more than like parental oh. figures. Like not like they're they're like punishing him or whatever. Because like, they, they don't own him in any way. They're not, you know. If anything, they would I, could see, I could stuff. see I could see him admiring them because of, because you know if they if they have personalities and knowing that they're like. These heroes. bad asteroid heroes, yeah. Like I could, I could see him admiring them, but that would be it. That'd be the close, and that's not men- that's not mentor figure. That's not parent parental. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't that doesn't translate to any of that for me. Just because there's a lot of people I admire who I have no relationship with, you know, <laughs> and people who I know who I admire who I don't consider like a parental f- figure or mentor. So I, I don't know. I, I think that could work because I, I was just thinking of like a backseat in terms of focus. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, know if there's enough. I don't know if there's enough built up with BB-8 though yet to have a real like BB-8 centric show. Because I, I, I think, I think the thing, the one thing about C-3PO that stands out is that he speaks English. Or he, absolutely, he speaks, he speaks human. So obviously, you've got you know R2D2. Is it basic, is that right? Yeah. Either way, I'm, I'm just saying that they can translate it into whatever language in the country you're watching it from. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so there's always, you know, a character you can relate to, uh, from the main character, but, f- but if it's just BB-8, BB-8 would always have to have either a new droid roaming around that spoke, you know, basic or whatever, or, or it's, 
or just him and, and you know Poe or a human foil sometimes. Yeah, I could see like you could do it very much like the old school uh, Transformers or even the new Transformers in the first, uh, especially the first one and the new Bumblebee thing with the non-talking Bumblebee and a human foil as a kid. Uh, it's kind of classic storytelling, which does segue directly into something I want to talk about later, but we'll do that after well, we talk about Resistance. Just well, get the robot. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It, it, and here's the other thing about BB-8, though. And when you think about it, that droid is passed around so much. I, I don't even ha- know how you can claim that, you know, not. I don't even know how BB-8 and Poe can claim, like, this sort of superior friendship or this ownership or whatever. Um, well, th- yeah, at this or, point, when we were introduced to him as Ray's droid, I think that's the problem is it's another. No, it's we're a- not introduced to him as Ray's droid. I think we are in terms of personality wise. I, I know that I, I know what you mean, but like, but, but I was just getting to that as well. Uh, I think that's a, an issue for me that comes from the fact that Poe was supposed to not come back. Right. Originally. It, the way it's written is it's a passing of that. The, you know, he, he loves BB eight in that moment at the beginning when we do first meet him, you're absolutely right. The very, like literally the very first moment we meet him, he is Poe's droid and that's clear. But the way the story is structured, Poe's not meant to come back. It was a last, it was an afterthought, and it, I'm glad. I like Poe now. I've, I've, I've come to enjoy the character, but which is so Whoa. ironic considering how much people hated him after uh, the last Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> used flip to flops. like him. Yeah, I, uh, 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 that's really just an example of me being uh, cantankerous and like, like uh, contrarian. So that's, uh, that's all right. Um, but he, uh, and it, it feels like it, it is, like it, it feels like he's meant in the story to be seen as. As as Ray's buddy, as Ray's droid, they have, they they have the special bond that R two and Luke have, you know. But if anything, throughout Force Awakens, the person who has the special bond, in a way, with uh, it, it feels like Finn has more of the special bond with with. BB-8. See, I I do think they have a that they have a connection for sure, like from the beginning with the back and forth. But it's it's an interesting one because it's not one that we see super paralleled. I think the closest parallel in a weird way is Cassian and K2SO because they, because they like, they, they care about each other, but there's this like back and forth and it sort of feels like there's that with BB-8 and Poe a little bit, even though they've got each other, or not Poe, BB-8 and Finn, even though they've got each other's backs, like, you know, he is upset when he knows he's full of it at first, you know, like, he's like, Hey, whoa, you're, you know, like he's pantomiming. He's like, you know, you know, you're not resistance. Like, and I don't know. I liked, I liked their relationship a lot. And I do feel like, especially, uh, after La- uh, Last Jedi, he's as much Finn's as anyone's. I was going right. to say, like, it feels like the way we're meant to f- to connect to him emotionally is like he's been liberated by Rey. She was lonely, and there's this connection. And then we know that he already had a connection with Poe. That's implicit, and then Poe survives, so that's still around. And we see this like great relationship evolve w- with him and Finn, and even him and-, and Rose have a connection at this point. It's like he really is everybody in the new cast's droid which is kind of cool in a way but in another way it's like it does make it it makes every bond not less special but just it makes it makes it very different than r2 because r2 it feels like i don't know r2 r2 is luke's period yeah it feels it feels like like it feels like like r2 has a relationship with no human really other than luke in in the original trilogy like not a close one you know uh, leia and han like him fine but it's not the same, you know. Like, like, like I feel like he has more of a relationship with Chewbacca than anyone other than than C three PO and Luke, you know. 
but but the, in, other thing about R2, <laughs> the other thing about R2 though is that even once you take the the, the prequels and uh, you know the original trilogy into you know maybe it's because I grew up with the original trilogy but he's still Luke's droid as far as no, I'm concerned I, I, even, I, I even after spending time with Anakin I think that's a, there's a lot of that but that's part of it too because of the way it is presented less so even I don't know because I can't really separate the Clone Wars show from the prequel trilogy anymore and I don't I'm fine with, with people who don't care about it and I'm fine with people who, you know, feel the same way and like kind of see them as one thing at this point because that really does drive home that he's not Anakin's, you know, or Obi-Wan's. I hate it when people are like, oh, that's the first example of Obi-Wan lying. It's like, that's the first example of Obi-Wan being a clever douche and pretending he doesn't know him, but he's, he never has. What, when is the episode, when is the episode of the Clone Wars or in the prequel trilogy that he owns R2. He never does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, and even and even then, you know, I'm sure he's run across droids that look the same color scheme before. Also, There's always so many different colors you can do on a droid. No, and, and so, I'm fine with he with him being coy, but it's just it wasn't a lie. You know, it wasn't a failing in the same no, way. But other, it, it's, it, it's it wasn't a bald faced lie like his other stuff. Because like, like yeah, like you said, he never was his droid. Like that's nonsense to pretend that that's an outright lie. The same way as like. When I met your father, he was a great pilot and an adult, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That's and it's also not an outright lie, but that's even more. He, well, it, yeah, the stuff it, that's retconned makes him consecutively like everything he says in that movie to Luke that becomes untrue later it is like consecutively more of a lie. <laughs> it feels like you know, like the first one's kind of not true, a little bit maybe, and or, and then it gets this and less just and flat less out true. lying. <laughs> yeah, by the end, like oh, your dad's dead. <laughs> don't worry about it, dude. <laughs> Well, and, and then back to back to BB-8 real quick. And now with with resistance, you know he's pawned off with Kaz. Uh, right. So, so another another disconnection from Poe. Do you think? Do you think uh, a little bit of a side? But do you think that they'll have Kaz in Episode Nine? I mean, you could I'm, almost have the voice actor play him. Yeah, that'd be, I I I don't know that they will, but I would love it, man. If they had if they have achieved that level of synergy, that'd be great. And. For any kid who does love the show, imagine how cool that would be. Like, imagine seeing—I don't know, man—that would be rad. That'd be great. Well, because 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 you, you have a guy who I think somewhat looks the part, uh, Christopher Sean. I think so. Isn't that his name? Yeah, and his and his voice obviously matches. He's it a would little be, older, but no, so what? But see, he so is everyone see, else. Yeah, depending on depending on the time jump or whatever, he would now fit into. His character, let's say, if it's three years post TFA, I don't know. What oh, then it'd be pretty perfect as far as Hollywood standards go, because he's a dude in his like late twenties, I think. Like it'd be perfect, right? No, and, no. And I, I mean, that's what they do. They cast those guys. I mean, look at Finn or whatever, or Poe or whatever. You know, like, like that's that's what they do. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm not saying they should have him be like you know uh, that he should necessarily uh, um, have an acting role or or a, or a big role, right? Right. And he certainly shouldn't have a wink at the a wink at the camera role, but if he walks by and says something to Poe like, "Here, here's the information you requested, sir," and, and Poe's like, "Thank you," and he walks by. No, that'd be. I think that would but be you know rad. Voice. But you know the voice. You know, it, it would be. Hey, that's pretty cool. No, that would mean so much to kids. I think, and it would just be really neat. And overall, like to a continuity nerd like myself, I would love that. Um, well, or, or for some people though, then you'd be forced to exist, uh, forced to acknowledge that. Uh, they exist in the same universe. But they already did that with, with Legless Mall, my friend. I know. And I have no problem with that. I know. Uh, no, I know. I, and I think that, too, 
uh, through the transitive property, those people are screwed because they they can't deny it anymore. <laughs> like no, logical. it's it's all it's all done. You so that's not that's that's alternate reality uh, solo because uh, that's not my hunt. Well, I mean, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Uh, okay, so resistance, right? Uh, he, here's where I'm at with the show. Yesterday, I don't know what I was doing, and I was like, oh, yeah, we're podcasting tomorrow. Cool. What are we going to talk about? Uh, okay, we can talk about resistance. Oh, crap. Resistance. I didn't watch it this morning. So it was the first time that I got up and didn't realize that I had a resistance waiting for me. I just completely forgot about it. I went about my day, took my dog for a walk, went and got some coffee with my wife. We did a little shopping. And then it wasn't until later in the day that I was like, I didn't even realize that there was an episode for me to watch. I, it slipped my mind. That's resistance for me. In a nutshell, that's where I'm at with it. But I watched it when I got home today. Uh, about an hour or two before we podcast or we're, we're recording this and uh it was fun you know i, I know i said that every episode there's finally racing in this damn show Ooh, it finally got to racing that's what we yeah like this has been yes. what we talked about the last several episodes is when will it hit to racing and i feel like they're teasing me that uh that because uh, greg proops uh plays the greg proops who plays fode bead in phantom menace the pod race announcer is the same announcer for this right he is uh he's what do you, what do you call it? reprising his role which is another cool is he reprising is he reprising his role because i haven't seen the characters yet Ooh, i would think so but, but maybe because not. they they did it to where you see the back of the chair and a hand of the person who's announcing i think Ooh. and i was like okay so is it isn't it it would just be easy to put them together maybe you know, maybe they're leaving it vague for some reason I can't Don't leave why it why would make they it, do that like they made like the vin scully of the of the star wars universe they made the guy uh they, they made uh warwick davis's uh prequel character into the dude in infus nest's crew like there's this weasel, weasel. Few, this is quite a few years later though than uh than solo no, that's absolutely true, but we don't know their lifespan. Like, look at no, this. We don't. Especially, and, and everything kind of been thrown out the window with, with, the, with the way they talk about uh, Maz Kanata. Like, it doesn't make any. Uh, I have mm. no idea how old she could possibly be. She has to be practically ageless if she's been retired for a thousand years. Just th unless she retired young, which is possible, but, but the, it, the implication is that she's got uh, quite a few. Uh, Years under her belt, you know. When, when but, we're done talking about resistance, remind me, Maz Kanata. I have something I want to say. Okay. Um, the other thing that shows up that's kind of cool in this is uh, the Guavian Death Gang shows up in oh, this episode. Well, very cool. Those two are the guys. dudes with, with with the zero faces, right? Like the red yes. helmets. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I love that design. It looks so like it's so comic booky and like like good designed fighter, you know, fighting games, shooter shooter, shooter games on a whatnot. Like it look, he looks like he could be something out of a comic book or out of Destiny, and they look rad. I love, I love those designs. Yeah, so those guys show up; they actually have some speaking lines, even though you can't understand what they're saying. Oh, interesting. So it's just like it, Does it sound like Death Troopers? It's just like it's, no, yeah, kind of. It sounds a little bit like <laughs> that, but also some other language. So oh, okay. So it's a distorted in a helmet and yep. another language. Yep. Interesting. And uh, let's see what else. What else about the episode? Uh, that's really about it. Uh, th there's there's uh, one alien that I can't figure out that uh, uh, one of the 
people on Twitter that we follow, uh, Indiana Jedi, posted a picture of it. And I can't figure out what it's in reference to. Because hmm. it's clearly such an out-of-the-box alien. He's got a vest with, like, tackle pouches. Like, he's wearing, you know, like a, like like a, fisherman's a fisherman's vest. Okay. Right. And so if, if you have a second to look at tweets from Indiana Jedi today, and, I, and I'm like, is it supposed to be John Candy from Great Outdoors? Is it supposed to be, you know, uh, John Goodman from from uh, uh, Big Lebowski? I, I don't understand, you know, who they're going for. It's such an odd-looking alien in the Star Wars universe. I, I don't understand. Is, is he big? He's huge. Okay, and, and it, but actually to have fishel, fishing tackle coming off of it? You have no, 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 but it has like pouches where – go look. Go look real quick. I, I, I will, but I, I can't right now. I don't want to mess up okay. uh, the recording setup. But uh, no, man, I, w- I will check I that know. out. And, and, it, and, it, and, it's and, curious. I bet if it's anything, I bet it's the Big Lebowski. Uh, uh, Walter's referencing a lot of stuff visually. I mean, they, literally when I was uh, nannying full-time, I uh, – Watch uh, the My Little Pony show, the current one with my nephew, and he was really little. And there was there are characters in that My Little Pony show that are that look just like the dude and Walter. They're they're oh they're dude and Walter ponies. That's so wrong, Jared. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure they're in an episode of the Powerpuff Girls back in the day. Like everybody, the, the Big Lebowski. I love the Big Lebowski, but it's about time everyone realized loving the Big Lebowski doesn't make us special <laughs> because everybody does. Like <laughs> it's it's ubiquitous did you like did you see the big lebowski in the movie theaters um i don't think i did because i was a pretty young kid i don't know what i could get into it but my I best did. friend phil and i watched it immediately I did. On VHS. you want to touch me sure someday someday uh when he, when we go out i got dunkirk on blu-ray by the way black friday sale Ooh. i guess we saw dunkirk Dun- 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 yeah if it's as good out of the theater yeah because it was an amazing experience in the in the theater and i just don't know if i could do it justice at home which is why it's kind of been so long i mean it's kind of been the reason why i haven't purchased it we gotta uh, do that at jesse's theater home theater as long as as long as the seats vibrate or whatever it, it might be worth it so you gotta have the vibrating seat uh okay so so resistance is done right we okay good? i think so Mascarada. Why did you not tell me that, spoiler for anyone who's interested, this is a spoiler for episode nine, that Maz Kanata has a pirate ship. I didn't know this. And Luke and Ezra Bridger fight <laughs> on it. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. Why didn't you tell me this? What are you talking about? I think it was from some guy. I saw it when I was looking up something else. Uh, some guy named Mike Zero said that oh, Ezra, God. I, Ezra Bridger and Luke fight on Maz, Maz's uh, pirate ship. And I was like, yes. Like who? But who would actually ever believe that that's really happening? But who you would believe I mean? this? Because I, I guess the rumor from him today is that um, uh, Natalie Portman is in a flashback <sighs> in episode nine. Uh, and she speaks to Kylo in the flashback, but she doesn't say anything. <laughs> she, she doesn't say anything. She just speaks to him, and she's holding <laughs> she's holding the Japor snippet. Um, and I don't know what else. I because I got to the part about you know Ezra and Luke, and I was like, okay, wait, this Natalie Portman stuff. But I mean, who would believe that? 
Honestly, I'm, I, I am super into the space pirate ship. I, we've talked about this before. I want to see like something with like a protective force field where it's like open air deck spaceship stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would like, be cool. Like, 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 come on, dude. Some like solar wind catching sails. Like, you like, like come but I on. Don't, I don't but, believe that. I don't believe it would work for any show in the modern Star Wars era. And like, oh, if, no, absolutely. If, if and if it was, it'd have to be something unearthed that's like ancient. Like, like, right, like, right. like, I feel like, no, it doesn't make any sense for it to be the modern era, really. But I feel like it would be really cool to be something when they're first figuring out space, space station stuff or spaceship stuff, you know? Well, I think they were saying that, it, that he may even uh, um, see her through the world, uh, between worlds or whatever from, from Rebels TV show. I don't think so. I don't think so, buddy. I think that was a one-time one MacGuffin. Dave Fil Bring back his precious because we've talked about this. Ahsoka's going to be around until uh, Dave, until Dave Filoni ain't. <laughs> well, see, see what I'm conf- uh, curious about all of it is uh, obviously I'm not sure if you know our listeners know who Mike Zero is, but Mike Zero is a is a popular YouTube um, Star Wars spoiler. I I, I, I can't describe him honestly without giving Tim more work when he edits this. <laughs> Well, the thing is, is that I don't, is I don't know if the guy, liar. I don't know if the guy's, liar. yeah, a, a professional liar. He makes money off people watching his videos, but his, in his videos, I don't think a single spoiler has turned out correct. Occasionally so he I, has, he has regurgitated stuff or shown, or, 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 you know, showed artwork or, or video from people who've already said something true i think but you i think you're absolutely right i think his track record for actual breaking anything is 100 yeah. percent wrong at this point or or unverified because it's about episode nine so we, we don't know but every single thing we have like from logic and reason <laughs> indicates that he is not that he's so not how do how do we get truth. this going how do you just become a professional uh yeah. BS, bs artist which is what i want to call him like, do you know who? Words. Do you know who uh, Phil Hendry is? Yeah, he's a comedian, right? Well, he, he was or a comedic I, actor, right? Like I've always, I've always known him to be. He has been in a couple things, but I've always known him to be a radio host here in in Los Angeles. And he had a thing called the Phil Hendry Show, and what it was was it was him, and he was the guest, and he was a guest putting on voices. And so what he would do is he would transfer between. The host mic, and then somehow he'd go to the the call mic, so it sounded different. And he would interview himself, who was one of the most outlandish guests ever, saying really stupid things. And then the callers would call in, and you know, just this is crazy. I can't believe we had this person on, and, and blah blah blah. And he did it every single night for hours and hours. He did it every single night, and at the end of his show, he would just be like, "It's all a lie." Just so you know, it's all a lie. Made it up. It's not real. But people still didn't get the fact that this was all fake. And so I'm wondering if we can just do that. And at the very end, after the credits of of the YouTube show, that we start to say we lied. <laughs> I mean, that would be a lot of fun. And it's, <laughs> I, I just feel like it could easily be used for evil. Yeah, but money. Hello. Yeah. No, that's true. But I'm resistant to anything that could be used for evil, even even with the proposition of of money. It would be awesome. 
but I do, I do also, yeah, want money. <laughs> so there's, there's ups and downs. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's some serious BS. Uh, that's, it's so frustrating. I hate it when there is a rumor, quote unquote rumor, that is clearly not true, but I wish that it was. The, the other thing that happened today, I think, was that there was a picture. I don't know if, it, I don't know if you're on the internet much lately or, or if you've seen it today or whatever the situation is, but there was a picture on, um, that, that appeared of an actor playing young Luke Skywalker in, Emper- in Empire Strikes Back. Huh. Did, did, did you see this? No. So, so here's what happens. It just, and, I, and the names escape me, so I apologize, but it just so happens to be an actor that, that Jason from making Star Wars broke pre-TFA that this guy was playing Luke in a young flashback, uh, playing young Luke in a flashback to Empire Strikes Back. So it's th- this weird actor in, you know, Luke Bespin garb. Huh. And so Jason broke that this actor may be playing, you know, young Luke in a flashback and it never came to pass. Well, guess what? He did. They filmed it. They never used it. And that, and in with, I think a lot of times with sources that do turn out to be more correct, like in the, in this case, I think that, uh, even when stuff doesn't come to pass, it's based on something that either was going to happen or did happen and got cut, you know, like if that makes sense, like, and usually it's given that caveat as well when people are actually trying to go about journalism, uh, legitimately, well, I think, he, or treating it as problem. journalism and not as rumors. Here's the problem. Jason has a phenomenal track record uh, on things that he's spoiled that has come true. Uh, the thing that absolutely, Mike, absolutely, the thing that Mike Zero has is a phenom- phenomenal record on things that he's spoiled that hasn't come true. But I believe Zero uses the the canard like, "Well, they must have cut it," or "This is what I heard before significant rewrites or reshoots or whatever." And it's like I don't know how. I don't know how long you can you can get on or, or, or you know how, how long you can work using that same old excuse. But what sucks about internet speculation cultures, I feel like maybe forever, like like definitely for a long time, because people just don't even seem to care about the track record. They care about what they want to hear. It feels like for the most part, like if it sounds like something cool, then oh yeah, I want that. <laughs> when, I, when I read uh, spoiler ideas for Avengers 4 that seems to be what people get on board with the stuff that they like I just read something that I'll probably talk about uh, later on uh, when I record my S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast just because it's sort of related but it's also related wait, to this wait what podcast? my S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast oh what's the uh, name of that podcast? it's called Project Tahiti I didn't even want to plug it but it Project just happened organically. did you yep. say Project Tahiti? I did Thank you for oh, plugging wow. for pl- plugging it, my friend. Where can they find that? At Project Tahiti. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, is, is it on uh, uh, Podbean or, or Apple? Yeah, it's on Twitter. It is on uh, iTunes, and uh, people can find it there. Oh, do you have a do you have a Twitter account that people could? Uh... Yeah, it's at at Project Tahiti. Oh, Tahiti! How do you spell Tahiti for people who can't spell? T A H I T I, and it is. It always looks wrong, especially because usually when I'm writing it for the show, it's an acronym because it's an acronym on the show, and it's every time it looks incredibly wrong to me. I'm like, that's how is that? How is that right? <laughs> I, you, I said it, you said it was Project Tahiti, <laughs> correct? 
Project Tahiti, right? Yeah, I do feel like I'm in a what do you call it? A Cheech and Chong routine right now. <laughs> like I'm not, I, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. deny the appeal to that. But yeah. uh, no, uh, in, in maybe it, our listeners in uh, Bratislava uh, might be interested in listening to uh, Project Tahiti podcast about Agents of Shield. It's uh, but in it, the character from the Marvel movies, uh, Agent Coulson, played by Clark Gregg, is who? Uh, Clark Gregg. <laughs> Agent Coulson? Do you talk yeah. about this on a podcast? Uh, yeah. What podcast? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> All right, sorry. Go ahead. That's no, okay. I just want to get get the one idea out, and then we go back to it. No, uh, he. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be in Captain Marvel. Uh, they've been like set photos. Just people care about spoilers for that. Surprise! <laughs> Captain Marvel spoiler. But is uh, he in the trailer? Or he no? Probably he might be, but I know I've seen like pictures of him, and he has a really funny wig. He and he and Samuel Jackson both have hair. They wear wigs, and I, I love it because I'm like in that time period for the most part, Samuel Jackson was had his head shaved, and was wearing a uh, a Kingle hat, you know. So, oh, you know what would be perfect for Coulson for that time period? When's it supposed to be? Is it late '80s or is it the '90s? I think it's like mid to early nineties, like like ninety, like, like, like ninety three, ninety four or something. Because I could almost see Coulson with like Greatest American Hero hair. Oh, just like a perm. Oh, that'd be great. Like the, like the William Cat, just going <laughs> like that, like like just flowing. It hey, wasn't William Cat almost Luke. Yes, he actually did. Uh, I love this connection, man. <laughs> this is great. He did audition for it, and I think on on one of the Blu rays or DVDs. You can actually audition. see his yeah his auditions. That's same awesome. same with same with uh, who is it? Uh, it's not Penny Marshall, but it's uh, Cindy Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley in American Graffiti. She auditioned I for. Have to see that. I don't. You think haven't I seen that? that? I don't think I have. That's amazing. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah it's on just a, it's on which Blu-ray? Uh, you could probably yeah, I guarantee you if you YouTube it, it it's got to be on pop YouTube. up. But I do yeah. have those Blu-rays. It's the only reason I really have an Xbox at this point is to watch Blue. Just like you've you've seen the Tom Selleck, uh, um, uh, Indiana Jones. Yes, yes, it's been years, but yes, I tweeted about that a while back. Sean Young, crazy ass Sean Young. I tweeted about that a while back. Pictures of him and that, and then as Magnum, of course, Magnum PI, yes. and then. And also as Quigley and Quigley Down Under, and then posted pictures of the designs for um, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, where it's Chip and Dale and Monterey Jack. And I'm like, I'm I'm 100% positive that someone who's a giant Tom Selleck fan was found out that he was almost Indiana Jones and was in charge of development. Because everything that happened back then in uh, Disney, the Disney Afternoon and these Disney TV shows was just them shoving stuff into stuff. Like they were like, like, like if you look at a tailspin, it's basically like uh, Casablanca mixed with the Jungle Book. <laughs> like it's like, it may, like they're just shoving things into things, and and like Ducktales is like they're basically Indiana Jones. Like they're, going crazy, they're going on crazy adventures, and they took the old uh, comic book, the old uh, Carl Barks comics, and made it into an awesome TV show. But it's also now again an also awesome TV show. I love that when they can do a reboot or reimagining, and it's not. Uh, not worse or like so much better that it makes the other one look like just trash, but it is, it is better. I think just because of modern animation stuff, but any hoozle. Uh, hey, what do you I'm, think of a quickly down under, by the way? I don't, it's been so long since I've seen it. Like it's been years. 
but it's him. It's American Cowboy in Australia, right? Yeah, I, I just rewatched it again recently. Uh, I've probably listened to the music a lot more than I've actually seen the movie because the music is one of my and uh, my older brother's like favorites. Uh-huh. Uh, it's by Basil Polidaris, and it, it's one of the most quintessential American-sounding Western music set in Australia. I don't know any <laughs> other way to describe it, but uh, it sounds like an American Western. It's, it sounds is that, like is that what you're saying? It sounds like a, the perfect American Western, but it's set in Australia. Uh, and it has didgeridoos incorporated. Really? No, there's no didgeridoos in it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> there are Aborigines, or, or I'm not sure if there's a new uh, term for. for yeah, no, Aboriginal Australians. Yeah, Aborigines. And, and the funny thing is, this, you know, this movie really feels like it is modern. As far as its take on, you know, the native people to Australia, uh, which obviously in this situation are the sort of, uh, uh, what is it, the, not the fill-ins, but the... The foils? No, I mean, you could take this, obviously they could be, if you set this movie in America, they would be the, you know, the Native Americans or or, or the... I, I feel like I hate the it's because it's usually using a negative connotation, but it feels like because it comes up in comics all the time with imitations and and homages, but something that's like almost like a pastiche of like the Native American role in the story. Yeah, it, it but but it's not. I mean, it's it's unique. It's unique to to the people and everyone in it. Obviously, they didn't do what what we tended to do in in older American you know cinemas have. People like oh, what is that? I think Ricardo Ricardo Montalban uh, played uh, a Native American, so did John Wayne. Well, didn't uh, he also? Uh, he played an Indian guy in Star Trek, right? Right, <laughs> like, 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 like <laughs> East Eastern India, like like <laughs> oh, interchangeable brown people. They're like Montalban, right? Like he could be anything. <laughs> like, like no, yeah. no, he is definitely Hispanic. Like come on, man, like, like come on, Hollywood, and Hollywood Re- does that the all the time. Leather. All and what's time. funny is what's funny is when he is in when he is in Star Trek Wrath of Khan, which is uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't even think he's trying to to do any sort of accent. He's just Ricardo Montalban chewing up the scenery, right? And why is he ha- like? Why does he have to be named Khan Noonien uh, Singh? And why did he like that name so much that then? Uh, that Gene Roddenberry did that when he did Star Trek Next Generation, the creator of Data is named uh, Noonien Soong, uh, like a different, like I think a different nationality, but also I think Southeast Asian and also like uh, like just similar sounding, almost a homophone to to sing. And they're both, and he has his middle name Noonien is the other guy's first name. It's like which is such an uncommon name, I think, to a white dude named Gene Roddenberry at least. Like to that it happens to be that prominent. It's like. He was obsessed with that name. <laughs> That's also very comic booky, like where characters just happen to be have the same name because same creators recycle them. You know. Well, you know, and then when we get to uh, when we get to Star Trek Into Darkness with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch playing Con Union, saying uh, it makes zero sense whatsoever. And <laughs> no, they don't, they don't even try don't to make. Try. Nobody, nobody cares at that point. Like, like they just didn't even. Nobody paid any regard. That was just for that twist that everyone knew. And the JJ lied about, and he hey. To be fair, he has not you know has not lied about anything about Star Wars, and he apologized profusely for for how like stupid that is because it is it is stupid to just 
that doesn't preserve anything to lie. That's not, you didn't trick anyone. You, you didn't surprise anyone. You lied to them. They figured it out. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's fighting with uh, nature. You can't do it. Yeah. You but. just, and you just end off, you, you end up uh, upsetting or, or pissing off a, a, a decent chunk of your fan base when you lie to them. Uh, was the, you like, know, I, I think it's better to just say, I don't know, wait and see the movie. No, I, I, I had gone that, back and gotten every Captain America comic from 1963 through pr- present day and it, until the point when they killed him off and then the end of the Civil War and the comics back in like 2007 or whatever, they went on, 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 uh, on, on uh, what do you call it? Colbert, on the Colbert Report. And uh, uh, Joe Quesada, gave, the then editor-in-chief at Marvel, gave the, gave him the shield like a, a big replica shield and was like yeah captain america's dead it's for real we're never bringing him back and the writer was like oh yeah we're never bringing him back and when they did and then when they did they were like oh we got you we tricked you like that's not a trick that's not being clever you just lied to your audience repeatedly and they were like oh man like 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 people figured it out and we were gonna just do a six month run but we figured we could really milk it so we made it like two and a half years or whatever it's like cool but and it was an entertaining story with bucky standing in for cap but it was just like why lie when like i i suspected so much more when creators in tv or movies are honest when somebody figures something out and if like i don't like it the idea of changing it because someone figured it out to preserve a mystery but if you're gonna lie then do that then make it to where you're not lying and change it <laughs> like it's the only thing i think that makes any sense otherwise what's the point of any of it you're just being really weird and self-congratulatory for nothing inspired something that was clearly super predictable and and who cares like but uh so real quick before we move on to something else that doesn't have anything to do with star wars quigley down under slightly connected quigley down (laughs) under tom Selleck, alan rickman um uh laura san giacomo i think uh American Western, quote unquote, set in Australia, and it's an awesome movie. So should be on Amazon Prime if you have it. Oh, uh, the music, yeah, that's where I saw it. The the music is amazing. Um, I I can hum it right now in my head. I actually came on my shuffle this morning. Um, it, it it's phenomenal. So that's a movie that I would I would love to recommend to uh, our listeners if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it, it actually shows uh, you know Tom Selleck to be a little bit more than you know, CBS uh, heartthrob uh, first for the young <laughs> folks. And now for the older ladies in blue bloods, I guess I don't want, I don't so. watch any shows on CBS. I don't either. I watch, like, I, I watch shows. I used to watch CBS. elementary. No, is it, they cancel it. I don't know. I just haven't watched it in a long time. Cause no. I think they, they changed the way CBS stuff with like Hulu or whatever. So uh, I wasn't having, access to it so i was whatever uh, it wasn't worth got, it for me to like look into it you know i watched big brother I've, I've watched that since the very first show so it's kind of one of those like guilty pleasures that that i love watching that reality show about you know strangers or whatever tra- putting a house together i still watch that and then that's it last thing i watched oh my wife watches swat when you, you mentioned um what do you call it the uh, uh cbs all access which yeah, with Star said, Trek Discovery. Right. I watched that, and uh, there's another show on it that I really like uh, called No Activity. I think you might like, too. It's like a buddy cop comedy thing that's about guys on a stakeout, and it's just really, really boring, but it's really good. And they've had well, two when, seasons, and I think they're all up all, all up at this point. They just dropped the second season. 
they have me with Star Trek Discovery the second season, and I know it wasn't everybody's cup of tea uh, with some of the old school Star Trek fans. I know that they're complaining about it, much like you know, old school, I suppose old school uh, Star Wars fans complain about the Last Jedi. But you know, between that and then the the uh, Jean Luc Picard show that they have, I will be paying for for uh cbs all access sporadically there's no way i'm gonna pay for a month after month and just every year it. no yeah. I, know exactly, I know exactly what you mean for shows like it can't it's not justifiable it's not sustainable like hulu's about to get canceled my wife has been you know can we just watch it and I'm like no because right now right now we're on an epic marathon of game of thrones um that we're watching and I've moved over to Netflix, which has so many shows I've put off. You know, I haven't watched pretty much any of the recent seasons of the Marvel shows. I, I haven't watched Jessica Jones. I haven't watched Luke Cage. I haven't watched Iron Fist. Uh, all these second seasons. I didn't watch Daredevil third season. I haven't watched got, Daredevil one. I'm caught up, I think, on the road. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I bought it or I got it just to watch Narcos and Ozark second season. Uh-huh. I, but, uh, you know, there's other stuff for me to watch on Netflix with uh, what is it? Outlaw King, I want to see, and then uh, Haunting of Hell House. Or, or oh I yeah, think. yeah, you will love that. The Haunting of Hell House. Oh, uh, I know. I, I, you know, I was so like, much, so good, so good. It, it was so hard not to buy it or, or to start paying for it, but I was like, I'll pay for it when Narcos comes back. No, and that's, Nar- that's Narcos right is my bread and butter. That, that's my show. And, and let me just say right now that oh my god, Diego Luna is amazing in that show. Right? And I know he's an awesome actor, man. He really is. And so and so he's very specific in 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 Rogue One. So, you know, for for a person like myself who has never experienced any sort of Diego Luna in any other, you know, movies, television or whatever, 2 hours of him it wasn't enough for me to re- think if this guy can can hold a show. You know, I, I don't know if he can do it 8 episodes at one hour each and people are going to be interested in him because you know, the, the character of Cassian isn't all that interesting. He can be, he can certainly be an interesting character and the people he interacts with can be interesting, but I wasn't sure if Diego Luna could be, but my God, the guy is so good in Narcos season four, uh, Narcos Mexico. It's just amazing. Uh, and I want to see him in, in, you know, Cassian. I'm looking forward to more of him in, Spoiler. I'm looking for to forward to see more of him and Ghost if they do a season five. Uh, but he's just really good. He, he's amazing. Yeah, I I've been a fan of his for a while and I'm I'm glad that you're fully on board now. It's awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, and and I don't know who I love. I don't know whether it's uh, him or uh, or uh, my good buddy Pedro Pascal, because Pedro just started showing up again and uh we're we're up to his scenes in, in uh in uh, Game of Thrones, me and my wife are, are watching. Oh, for- those are so harsh, man! Those broke my my uh, friend and old coworker at my, my old job when I made comics. Uh, this guy Troy, like he 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 would talk about it for weeks after he died. He was he was so heartbroken. He's like, oh, he was my favorite. Like every death, kind of, I felt numb to on the show except for that. Like he's like it just destroyed him. Like it was so funny, just because just like you, man. He loves Pedro Pascal, and who who doesn't, man? That guy is awesome and he like he he oozes awesomeness i wanted to mention it the last time you were talking about it but i think we kind of moved on organically from him but there's a comic book that the comic company i used to work at uh published uh that's now complete called sixth the sixth gun 
that I, I think I mentioned before, but I think you'd like it, Margaret. It's like uh, basically Tolkien style stuff, but with magic and weirdness. But instead of being in a fake medieval time period, it's a fake right after the Civil War Old West. So there's like magic and demons and resurrections. Ooh, and absolutely. I'm into that. You should check out the comic. I think you'd really dig it. But uh, and it's now that it's complete, especially. Also, I think Mage is Mage ends in February. February, which is I'm so okay, excited. I have for to that. get it once once they collect it in hardcover. I'm I'm watching it or reading but, it. Excuse me. But uh, but in the unaired pilot, NBC, it sucks because like now with the way they do stuff, I think they can make the show successfully. But at the time, uh, NBC wanted to do it and they didn't want to put it on cable. And because of that, they wanted they needed advertising. And it's hard to do a show without having positive mentions, without mentioning products. How can you do product placements for the show set in the Civil War? And so it was very silly, but that was basically like the impasse that made them end up passing on it, even though they'd initially ordered it and wanted to like do an, a, a full season run. But at the end, they just ended up not doing it. And it, and it would have been really great. But uh, two dudes from Game of Thrones, um, and one guy from uh, Haunting of Hill House and the other guy from... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Narcos. Uh, Pedro Pascal and um, Michelle Houston were two of the leads. Oh, really? Yeah, Michelle Houston was like the second lead. I can't remember. The woman, I think, has been in a bunch of stuff too now, uh, who was like the main lead. And then like they created two characters as like these foils for the show. And they were helped co-created by the creators from the comic. It was cool. But one of them was played by Pedro Pascal. And they were, they were um, what, are they, what are they called? Oh, uh... The guys who used to like be cronies, basically, like back in the day, and they were also like detectives. Do you know what I'm talking about? Pinkertons. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Pinkertons. Yeah, he was playing. He played a Pinkerton. And oh he really? Was just, he was rad. I like, like I. It's like it's not available anywhere because it's this unsold, you know, pilot. But man, it's not even it's, on YouTube or anything. Nope. Unfortunately, it's a. Uh, it I, I don't think I don't think it's even like piratable. But I, I got a chance to see it when I worked at the company, and it was like really fun like like it just he was awesome and it was cool because like knowing that those people were like they, they were kind of ahead of their time a little bit because both that both those guys blew up huge after that oh and for sure like it was right after that, that they were casting game of thrones and that didn't get picked up and i was like oh dang like i knew well, they were good <laughs> like, like, I knew. you know he, he, here's, like a funny, like, here's a funny thing one, one of my other uh, uh black friday buys for blu-ray was kingsman the golden circle i haven't seen it Ooh, uh, i think you're gonna enjoy it it's, I think I'm going to enjoy it too. That our our once and maybe future co-host Andrea uh, did not enjoy when because she watched it. I think after Blake and I were raving about it, and uh, but it has Pedro Pascal. No, there's one part she did not like, but but overall, I think it's still great. And yeah, you know, it's got Pedro Pascal. It's got it's got a bunch of awesome people, and, and it's got my it's got my other man crush, uh, Channing Tatum. He's pretty great. He is pretty I do, great. I do, I do like him a lot, and no, he's great. And he's got my my one of my all time. Like, I don't think I've been, I don't, it's less it's, of a wait, man crush and more of a want to be him. Jeff Bridges, <laughs> my I like idol. Jeff Bridges is in it too. So here's I love Jeff Bridges, but here's my problem. Uh-huh. Jeff Bridges cowboy is all the same. Okay. Like, did, did you see Did you see Hell or High Water? I haven't. Great movie. But Jeff he's Bridges, the same guy. Chris Pine. Uh, who's that other guy? Oh, man. It hurts my head thinking about it. Either way, Jeff Bridges is the same cowboy as he is in uh, True Grit when he plays okay. Rooster Cogburn. So it's kind of like he's got well, And voice. that's why I ended up hating Bradley Cooper, I think. 
be, until Rocket uh, until they played Rocket because until then I feel like between Will Tippin between his character in Alias and that he played the same cocky douchebag in everything I ever saw him in and it's not that he did a bad job of it it's just that every single time he was cast to play the same guy and they directed him that way and I think I wonder if that's if that doesn't happen sometimes like I swear that's the only thing that makes any sense for the in my opinion not good fourth fourth yeah Pirates of the Caribbean movie because there's been five right in the fourth one that should have been awesome but in addition to just a lot of issues with it uh what's his face um Deadwood well, I can't think of his name you know who I'm talking uh, about yeah I know you're talking about uh, he plays Blackbeard uh Ian McShane thank you Ian McShane does his Swearingen voice in it and Black- Blackbeard was a real man for Bristol he's British he's he's unequivocally undeniably not Al Swearingen and it feels to me like there's no way just with the part and with the actor he is that that's that was a choice that he made on his own it feels to me like that was a director being like people like you in Deadwood sound like you in Deadwood don't do your your British accent because Ian McShane is also British (laughs) it's like did you see uh did you see Black Sails, another show that I will recommend to anyone out there? Ooh, I haven't, but I've heard, I heard really good things about it. Uh, Blackbeard is in the show, and another of your favorite actors plays him. Uh, oh, man. Which, which there, guy? Uh, uh, Rome. Uh, Ray. Uh, which one? Oh, Ray, is it Ray Win- Winstone? Is that his name? No. No. Wait, wait, okay. Not right, but I know I know who you're talking about, right? The guy not not Lucius Verinus, but Titus Pullo. Yeah, not not the one who's in Grey's Anatomy. Ray Stevenson? Yes. Yeah. He yes, plays Blackbeard. Yes. And he's he's the he's the bad one of the two of them on Rebels, because they're both on Rebels too. Yeah. We're keeping it a little bit that that's that's our that should be the it, name it of this all, one, Tim, is a little bit Star Wars. <laughs> a little it bit, it all little goes bit. back to Star Wars. Even my even my closing <sighs> diversion that we had planned for the beginning. I still rooted. Uh, the reason I wanted to bring it up was to talk. I knew you w- would like it, and I already confirmed you do. But also, uh, it my immediate thought was a Star Wars related. I think I mean I couldn't help but think of something Star Warsy, which uh, I guess is a good enough segue to go into. I the movie I watched uh, wasn't Quigley Down Under this weekend. It was Real Steel, which I haven't uh. seen since it first came out. And for, firstly, everyone should watch Real Steel, but also watch Over the Top. A very not as good, but, but still fun, I think. Uh, and not, I don't know, not bad, but just they should watch over the top after Real Steel, though. I, I, I agree. Uh, over the top is an Arnold Schwarzenegger. What am I talking about? Uh, Sylvester Stallone. I'm out of it. Uh, Sylvester Stallone movie where he is a professional truck driver and semi professional <laughs> arm wrestler, and he finds <laughs> out that his ex wife's uh, uh, dying and uh, that she wants him to take their son who he's never really known and but has written letters to all the time but has never received a letter back just a bunch of photos and even though the kid's like 10 he doesn't think it's weird he's never received a letter <laughs> so, cause maybe maybe Slash Sloan's character doesn't think about that but anywho it's like a bonding movie and they're driving around in a truck and they're stopping to do arm wrestling and he gets the kid in on it and 
and there, although there's some really weird scenes, I rewatched it relatively recently, and uh, like when he makes the kid arm wrestle other kids, it's super weird. Like it's got a super weird vibe. He's like, no, I don't want to. He's like, you'll be great at it. It's super, super strange. But it's got the same basic plot outline as Real Steel, but it's Hugh Jackman, and he, and it's a set in like not near enough in the future. It's like. 10 years from now and robot fighting is huge so much so that there's like old washed up robot fighters and their references were like yes yeah, the 2014 model it's like oh crap you guys made this, you guys set this too close to the present day when you made it but it's still really fun and basically he's a washed up boxer who became a washed up robot boxer promoter and he ends up uh, also having to take custody of his of his son only he didn't even know his son existed and uh yeah he he takes custody of this kid and he there's a all sorts of intricacies in it that i don't want to spoil the whole movie but it's basically about him and this kid bonding and there's robot boxing and like there everything about it felt like made tailor made for me to enjoy and a lot of the same stuff i think are part of the reasons why you like it and then the thing that made me think of Star Wars was this little kid in it had the same exact vibe, like both in the dialogue and just the, the role and personality as Anakin in episode one. Cause he's not really the main character, but he's a big focus and he like the main character's relationship with him is sort of what everything hinges on. And he's, he's funny and cute and, and kind of whiny and obnoxious, but the kid who plays him just does a great job. And I feel like it's sad because I feel like, it's probably mostly directing. I do love George Lucas. Like, like uh, A New Hope is is, is amazing. I, I enjoy the prequels, and American Graffiti is amazing. Like, like, like I think he's good at directing, even at times. But I think that he's very specific. I've said before, uh, with who he can work with, like the acting styles that he meshes with. And I think most kids aren't going to be able to do it because I think he's like, according to all of these stories everyone tells, he's just like, you know, you just, you just do it. Just read it. Go for it. And <laughs> just takes a bunch of takes and uses the best one. He doesn't inform their roles at all. And like, I don't think you could do that necessarily with a little kid. Like you gotta, the kid's gotta be a, a a real prodigy in a talent, like your modern day uh, Haley Joel Osments or what, be able to do that. And uh, the kid in Real Steel pulls it off. And I, and it just made me think like, oh man, if they made the prequels then and cast that kid, he would have been an amazing Anakin. And and then I thought about how the executive producer of Stranger Things, who's like in all the uh, Stranger Things after show show thing, which was so strange, but was an interesting endeavor that, that Netflix did. Uh, he was in a bunch of those, but he was like, I think the writer and director of Real Steel. And it's like, oh man, he's good at little, he's good at working with kids. Like he's good at finding, directing, and casting like little kids for sure. You know what's what's funny is. You know, the movie was released in 2011 from Disney. So you kind of like that. That's that's after the purchase of Marvel. But not long after. Not long after because Paramount was probably still still distributing those movies. uh, Yeah. I mean, they still distributed Iron Man and did did they do Avengers 1? Yeah, I think they did up until then. So so it's still early on in, in that deal. Um, and, and it's pre, it's pre, uh, um, obviously the purchase of Lucasfilm. So I think but we would have only by a year, right? 2011. When was that? 2013. I thought it was 2012, but it may have been 2013. 
either way, we would have, I think, in my opinion, a real still too if it wasn't for both the success of Marvel films and the purchase of Star Wars. I think it really could have been a franchise. I, I don't mind that it wasn't because it stands perfect on its own. But like, it's weird to me that like it wasn't because the special effects are awesome. And like after the success of Iron Man, it's like, why don't we have more stuff with cool looking robot fights? Like, well, it, you know, what, and I th- you know? and I think I think what you're gonna see. Obviously, this is one of those those movies that it will be on the Disney the Disney streaming service, and so you're gonna get people who are you know paying for the service for you know Star Wars or Pixar or whatever, and you're gonna have um, um, you know these little movies that people are like, well, I'm paying for. It. Let me see what else they have. It and they may not have seen real still, and they see it. And I guarantee, I don't know anyone who's seen this movie and hated it. If you're out well, there, like, let me know. I think like I think I watched it with my brothers, like. I think the DVD, either the DVD came out at Christmas and I watched it with them later. I know that I downloaded it off iTunes shortly after it came out. I wanted to see it in theaters, but didn't get around to it. And uh, I watched it with, my, with both my brothers. And I think at worst, one of them was apathetic. It was like, like, it was okay. Like, meh. You know, but, but like, still, didn't hate it. Like, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's possible to have a heart and hate this movie. Hugh Jackman is too, too likable. Like, he's... Hugh Jackman is likable. Um, what's his face? Uh, uh, Anthony Mackie from uh, Marvel movies. He's kind of one of he's one of the fight promoters and kind of like a buddy of his and like the only one of his buddies that like he hasn't totally screwed over. So he actually is still on good terms with him. So so uh, yeah, Falcon is uh, one of his buddies and he's great in it. And uh, another Marvel. Another big Marvel connection is Evangeline Lilly is his love interest and a really important character and and she's great and everything pretty much and uh, yeah I and I think this is this is in the middle of 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 loss for her I think or right right after maybe yeah I, I, don't, I don't remember what ended but it, but it feels like if this is 2011 that I think that that's maybe- right towards the end like it, it, it might not be the end you know like. Like she was, she was. I think starting to feel like what role she can get for her success and lost. Uh, I don't know whatever happened. Clearly, Sawyer never turned his uh, his uh, heartthrob status into anything. Sadly, he's had a couple uh, TV shows, but he's never been able to. Make- uh, no, what and colony? I think shows, it's called. When he had a couple other ones on CBS and other stuff, I think at different points. But yeah, he's never. They've never had the same success. It's actually funny. I've been uh, rereading a bunch of Iron Man comics uh, recently and for a really long time, Salvador La Roca, I'm going to bring it back to Star Wars, Tim, who is long-term Star Wars artist. Like I think he did the, almost the entire, if not the entire first volume of Vader. Uh, I, th- I think that's right. I know he did a, the one with all the uh, light, light, uh, lightsaber wielding trainees that people didn't like the Admiral Akbar on the robot head. Oh, uh, that was horrible. <laughs> and people didn't like in general. He's he's criticized as being very photo referency, and he is. He doesn't straight up trace like Greg Land quite as often. But it's disappointing to me because he's like if you look at the way he does tech and the way he used to draw, like it's really cool. Actually I saw someone criticizing something he did because I think he did his a retro style for him for some like X-Men anniversary cover or X-Men flashback story but he drew like he did in the early like 90s or late 90s and i loved it because i'm like dude but you draw from your imagination that guy's 
awesome. But when he draws from photos, it's oftentimes very stiff. But this was the height of his photorealistic stuff. Like everybody looked like real people. And people had clear models. Like you could tell who they're based on. And Tony Stark was Sawyer. So it was Sawyer with a goatee and black hair. And every time I was like, oh, like it just makes me laugh even today. Like, I, like in the back of my head, I have a hard time reading what's probably one of the best modern Iron Man runs by, uh, by Matt Fraction. Really great run. Like for and he was on for like I think five years, like right when the movie was like came out. So it's like like he was like kind of the height uh, of Iron Man's popularity, or right at the as it got to the height, he was right right before he left. But uh, like it's an excellent run. But Salvador La Roca did almost all of it, <laughs> and so I because I'm just like every time like that's Sawyer, hey buddy, <laughs> and I and I know people ha- hated. Uh, and loved his 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 Vader run. Like it's highly contentious. But him and Greg Land, the other guy who does that a lot at Marvel. There's 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 a, a lot of people who love them and a lot of people who hate them. Well, and Land used to use the um, Greg Land's an artist for anyone who's uh, confused. But Greg Land is an artist. Uh, he used to use uh, pictures. I think uh, adult <laughs> film stars. A lot is his reference for the ladies of Marvel. Correct. Yes, and the fact that he would reuse the same stuff like after a while so it'd be the same shots of like women with, with for lack of a better term uh with their o faces yeah <laughs> like, mouth mouth agape yeah and it's like why does the wasp look like that when she's shooting her you know stinger right. or whatever it's like weird <laughs> everything yeah text. Uh, especially but, especially nowadays with the internet you know, it didn't take long for people to find out where these pictures. And I don't know how they do it. People clearly have more time than I do. Um, well, and but like, but where they how they find this these exact pictures that he traced is, is crazy. And what's interesting to me is I wonder if you could get away with it if it was the same way because these guys are photo referencing, but people don't get away with it when they actually rip off comic artists much anymore, and they used to all the time. And guys like, like uh, I don't know, I don't, I'm not trying to like throw too much shade at Rob Liefeld or Rob Liefeld, but I have problems with the dude, and not the least of which is for the first part of his career, he would straight up trace from people, and you could see it like all the time. And there's there used to be a thing called like the Swipe File, was a website that was a blog, basically blog before blogs, where it updated every week and had a new uh, article about how. Uh, Someone in comics had stolen something from someone, and it for a long time when it started, it was always old. I remember Rob, that it was always from from the beginning of Liefeld's career, and then it seemed like that was how he quote unquote trained the guys in his studio. Because then, like Roger Cruz, who was on Awesome and Extreme Studios, his studios, and that's where he got started. And I think was a South American artist who's pretty talented, but used to just trace Joe Madureira, and like it seemed like that's that's uh, how he was trained, you know. And like that's kind of sad. <laughs> that's that's a bummer. Like good artists were directed to. Oh, just rip but, off those. But books. now you now you look at it and you're like, boy, those are the good old days. In some ways, like I don't know. I like, like very quaint. The, you know, the old the old days of anything. Ew. Not the old days of anything, but the old days of some things are very <laughs> quaint. No, the, there's a nostalgia factor for sure. Like yeah. it's fun reading old stuff, but like, it's interesting comparing the stuff that like you thought was great that doesn't hold up that's not as much fun but like there are a lot of things that are just like still a lot of fun or just still good even and and you're like oh yeah man i 
I remember why I loved that. Or I remember why, you know, when I was super, super into that when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm going to start busting out my long boxes pretty soon and, and sadly just selling it all. Oh. Uh, I've got uh, so I many get, comics. No, I've I got get it. I totally get it. I'm going to donate a bunch of stuff. Maybe 15, 20 long boxes full of comics. No, from, and they're just uh, doing nothing, right? Yeah, they're sitting in the garage. So, uh, you know, I, 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 could use, uh, I could use the money. And yeah, I, you use and, a little money and, and people... Move, I can't cart that all around everywhere. Sure, and... and- you know, someone will enjoy it. Like, like it's there's something yeah. good coming from it. On, a, on not just for you. Like, it's a win-win. And all my all my twelve uh, twelve inch power of the force two figures. Uh, when they started, you know, selling twelve inch uh, figures again, I need to get rid of all those. Oh dang! I know. I know. Uh, I'm keeping my Boba Fett though. The I'm keeping my my. I think it was a German Boba Fett. Are you gonna keep your old uh, run Star Wars comics? I know those are long. Uh, those got those are those have not lasted long. Not in the last they the they year. I got rid of those because those were the most dog-eared no. comics in my collection. They were like, I think I moved on to the graphic novels at that point, and those things were like tattered and worn. Same thing with my my, my old Marvels, my my Godzillas, my GI Joes my my uh, uh, Star Wars, and those were the ones that I just took to this place, and I think they were giving me giving 25 cents a comic back in the day, which mm-hmm. is actually a, a, what you no, get. not bad. Now. That's not a bad conversion rate, really. Yeah, at, at an old bookstore, and I was like, okay, here, you know, there's there's no way anyone going to even, this doesn't even approach very fine or, you know, kind of good or whatever the, the ratings are uh, for quality, but uh, yeah, I had to get like, rid of them. Like and that was man, that, that's not a bad deal at all. Because like years later, yeah, I would buy I would buy comics from a used bookstore place, and when I was in college, they were in pretty great condition for twenty five cents a piece. Like, be, but they would all be I don't know, they weren't per, they weren't perfect, so they couldn't sell them for those right rates. So they were just cool about it, and I, I, that's where like I got all sorts of classic. Only had patchwork stuff of as kids when I first started to get into comics. So I had like the full Mike Grell Green Arrow run, like the really great Green Arrow run from back in in the eighties and nineties, and and, uh, and that's where I got like the old school Teen Titans. I got every one of those where it's Marv Wolfman and uh, George Perez creating all those classic characters that everybody oh, nice everybody loves. Who have their own show now on on the DC app that I just can't bring myself to buy for one show. Like you know, it's it's hard, especially because I hear such mixed things about it. It's not like Star Trek. Which is did get mixed things, but I feel like it's because of the twist or the tone, not the quality. Because nobody who got it when it first started was like, "Oh, it's just crap." You know what I mean? It was like, "Oh, it's not for me." It feels, you know, like like I don't know anyone who has had a, an unreasonable hatred of uh, of, of uh, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I, I, well, <laughs> unreasonable is a is a unique word, but but do you know what I mean? Like, like it, just, it just seems. Unreasonable because it's just about a show. <laughs> like, you know? No, I mean, I, I get, I get the people who are like, "This is not Star Trek. This is not have anything to do with the canon that I'm used to." And it, it, it's along the lines, actually, of the criticisms of uh, Last Jedi. Most, yeah, no, most and I get, I get the questions, and I honestly, like, I just enjoyed it so because of the quality. Like, I'm willing to trust them. Everything they've done so far feels like there's a reason uh, and a thoughtfulness to it. You know? No, I agree with you. It's a bummer though that at this point they're doing they have two showrunners who came up 
do their best and that they're probably get high quality. But at this point, we've had the showrunners took over from uh, Fuller who left and followed his plans. And now we have those guys left and now we're having people move up from within on the show to take over who are also following this way. And it's like at this point, guy, the architect, it's kind of, it's like, uh, the, the more times you Xerox on thing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't but, know. It, it doesn't feel like any show anymore. Other than, you know, probably, uh, what is it? Maybe maybe Breaking Bad slash, you know, uh, Better Call Saul or even uh, uh, Hannibal. You know, you know what I compare you know, as to? As far as consistent, a consistent showrunner? Oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah, except for, well, in like, I guess maybe the some of the online shows, like Netflix. Oh, sure, sure. But, oh, and HBO. HBO's better at it. For sure, like like there there's there's a lot of things that seem creator focused, you know. Well, because HBO just flat out cancels the show if if it's underperforming and doesn't keep pulling it along with a different showrunner. Yeah, yeah, they they, they don't try that really. Like, yeah, they're just like we're often. done. We're done. Well, and we're not and on some it. level, it's also I think respective creators sometimes. Like in the case of uh, Flight of the Concords, I know, but they said that whenever they wanted to do anything with them again, they would love to. And they just did a one of their comedy specials in the fall was like in August, I think maybe was a uh, release. And it was, it was a, uh, or maybe it was September, but anyway, it was a uh, special of theirs. And like it, their show wasn't canceled because I don't saying this, like we can't write enough songs to do oh. <laughs> a, a, a show every season because like, like they used every song they'd written in their, career to do the first season and then they work like all summer and wrote a second season's work and they're like we can't do like we we're comedians we're not songwriters like like and they are but you know you know what i mean like it's it's not it it, it it's too intensive for them it wasn't something that they're ever, ever planning on doing so uh yeah so they just worked until they had enough material for a special to have enough new material and did it and, and it was fantastic i feel but, really bad i feel really bad for anyone who's listening for star wars Eh, they've either tuned out or Star Wars. <laughs> that's, all I got. that's all I got. Well, at, at the same token, though, I, I think any person who's listened to the show long enough knows exactly <laughs> our digressions, where we go, where we come back, how everything is, is more... Cer- certainly Star Wars is our, is our first love, but all of these are, are you know, things that we've come to through our love of pop culture and, our, and you know, so it's funny you can almost do like a what is it uh uh six degrees of kevin bacon type of thing with yes star wars i was just i knew exactly where you were going yeah i mean it was conjured when you were saying that yeah yeah we we, we talk about we talk about you know i talk about my love for narcos but you know it's got two actors in that series who are now in star wars TV shows they're the the leads of star wars shows and and like no and like the other like I was thinking of other stuff to talk about, and like it literally is directly connected to Lucasfilm. Is one of the other things I rewatched recently was Howard the Duck, <laughs> which is amazing, and is a Lucasfilm movie and uh, and a Marvel movie, Marvel's first movie, <laughs> and uh, and considered by many to be one of like to be in the running for the worst movie ever made. Like, like literally people consider it that like who teach film history. It's awesome. How, how bad it's legendarily bad. And, uh, it also has, what do you call it? Um, 
the cool tidbit that I just learned, the guy who played him, I can't remember his name, Ed Dale. Oh, I can't remember his last name. But the guy who played his body double, not who voiced him, but who uh, did the body work for Howard the Duck in a midget suit for Lucasfilm back in the day. And it's an awful, awful movie uh, opposite Leah Thompson. Uh, it uh, He got a role in Spaceballs and I, he was quoted as saying that Mel Brooks told him or, or had said at one point publicly, like it'll be an interview or, or in something in some blurb that he would hire anyone who was in that Howard the Duck movie who wanted to work for him because they tried their hardest. And, like, and he felt, for them like he's like you can tell how hard they tried and i'm like that like he's the nicest man in the world like and he's just so and he's just so fu- funny i love mel brooks so much but like that's incredible and then, then, then the lead in the movie reached out to him and he's like yeah i wasn't like he wasn't just bsing that he then hired him for his next movie he's hey. like yeah you'll be you can be in it like whatever i got tons of that stuff tons of roles did you, to fill. wait wait that's did awesome. you use the f word i didn't i almost did Okay, I just want to make sure because so far we've been so good for Tim. We have. Tim's going to have to listen through this whole thing. Tim did not listen through this whole thing. He's going to hate it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we could tell him that, Tim, we promise there's no curse words that you have to edit out. I think think we've avoided it. I know you have, and I I almost slipped like twice. We haven't. We haven't said a curse word. We've done the TV level just like Tim wants, and not even the real TV level, but like the Intel 1990, Intel Chicago Hope introduced the S word uh, into network TV. It's been around for like... 20 years dude uh but anyway we go by like a 20 year old tv rating for tim <laughs> yeah because we're we're, over an, hour. we're we over an hour recording right now uh, we haven't said a curse word so it's not like i think we're so used to this uh you know i don't know how you are on on project tahiti uh <laughs> your other podcast that you're on that covers uh agents of shield but correct. um yeah, i just want to make sure i, I got it correct but uh, I don't know if you curse on that show, but I do. See, we've done really well with Tim. You know, we're so used to the the format of podcast two and eight seven um, that uh, you know, we, even with Tim gone, we kept his spirit uh, alive. I think we have, we have. I, I think we've had his an rigid, show. his rigid robot program. <laughs> the one thing that I want to talk about, and I'll have to wait till next week when Tim's here because. Uh, Tim would hate to have this discussion without himself here. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about uh, the best soundtracks or the, be- the best soundtrack for the Star Wars films. It was a topic on Twitter recently. So, Oh, you know what? I've be- I have not really been on uh, line. I know uh, everyone who pays attention already knows that I'm sure, but um, lately, but I did see something about that. About, I saw some audacious statement. I, Which one was it? I heard tell. I believe I heard someone say, I don't remember who, that Solo had the best Star Wars soundtrack hands. I don't know what conversation that was because it certainly wasn't any that I was a part of. But whoever I just, said I, that, I, I saw, th- I saw that, I saw that in a figure that that was. What uh, yeah. Maybe whoever you said that needs, so to be, needs to be taken out, and uh, and that's uh, pretty much the reaction I was expecting you to have. Yeah, uh, yeah, because no matter what, Solo <laughs> is building off of other things. Okay, I'm gonna just be quiet right now. <laughs> no, no, you can next week. So, Solo is building off of other things. It is not it, an entirely new thing by itself. So, anything <laughs> that Solo is bringing to the table is because of all the work that's happened before it. 
oh yeah, I disagree, but we can have that conversation next week. It's derivative. It's like, yeah, no, I'm with you. I love. I don't know what that sound effect is, but I'm digging it. Sorry, I accidentally put my hand down. Apparently, my dog's squeaky uh, toe is right there. <laughs> it's just imagine that one of us cursed, and that was the bleep sound effect. It would be nice. Maybe realize it. You should have used that to punctuate it. Ooh, ooh! In the future, I'm going to carry a squeak toy with me when we record, and then, and, and then sure. whenever I want to curse, I'm just going to go. Beep. <laughs> And like clockwork, she shows up in the room like, what's going on? I I heard my toy. Are we playing? It's like, no, not right now. No, we went went longer than I think we'd intended to, but we we did mostly at least sort of connect to the Star Wars a little bit. It's all listenable for for people that are interested and who like the types of things that we like, which is a lot of people. Uh, I'm sure you'll find it entertaining or you did find it entertaining. Uh, Feel free to any comments or complaints. Let Tim know. Yeah, it's definitely Tim's fault. And yeah. uh, no, uh, and at this point, if anyone's listening for pure Star Wars, I am sorry, but why? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, <'cause... laughs> there's so many other podcasts out there for you. Yeah, and just like like it, it's never going to get to be that. I don't think. <laughs> like you know, no. like, like, I'm not trying to blow anybody out or whatever. If you're really hoping, and and I don't think it's like a bad thing. Like. A hundred something, uh, something episodes in, they're like, are they going to ever just talk about all Star Wars? <laughs> no, sorry, dude, for not. I've only been listening for eight, but it seems weird, but they don't just talk about <laughs> it's still. I'll give them five more episodes. Well. <laughs> yeah. Whoever did that, I bless you. I am truly sorry. You have patience, but maybe you're lacking on certain social cues that are necessary to pick up on that uh, on tendencies and likelihoods well let me let me do the okay yeah uh sit good dog that's uh, yeah that's our ending right isn't that yeah. the new thing okay that's, good. that's, that's right it's <laughs> the only one i know it's it's a good wrap-up bud <laughs> oh yeah well city Sit is a good wrap-up <laughs> it was classic so all right i'm gonna tell tim uh to stop re- recording yeah, everything now should not be in the show, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Just so you're familiar, we've already technically ended. Right, say, please, there you go. <laughs> Tim, stop recording, please. So, so technically, could we curse up a storm now? I don't know. Yeah, um, just I'm say. Gonna- f-